Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Thanks for joining us again on The Things We Say, where we take ourselves about as seriously as we feel like it. (laughs) Which does vary from time to time. Sometimes incredibly seriously. Yes. Which should scare everyone. (laughs) And then other days we realize it's not worth it. (laughs) And then you go back and listen to it and you're like, why was I serious about that? I thought I was so smart. (laughs) That sounded ridiculous. All right. (laughs) So I was just thinking last night I had one of those moments where I don't remember a lot of dreams. Okay. So when I'm sleeping, I wake up. I don't remember a lot of dreams that happen because I just sleep like a log. Pretty much if you broke in my house, I wouldn't know. I have a gun. I probably couldn't get to it because I'm dead. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I'm the one that wakes up for every little thing. I'm, I'm not a light sleeper. So yeah. I don't remember my dreams at all. Do you remember your dreams more because you're a light sleeper? I, no. Is that I, connected? I have, I, whenever I have dreams, they're either very significant, very stupid, or very disturbing. One of those three categories. Okay. This one was, so I've been trying to, I keep a notes tab in my phone now of yeah. things that I've come up with that I think are decently funny. Now they're not... <laughs> Anything I'm ever going to share with anyone, because they might not be funny to anyone else, (laughs) but they're funny to me. And so I was laughing, and I remember that I laughed myself awake, because I thought it was so funny. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm going to roll over, I'm going to make a note in my phone of what this was. And then I'm like, no, I don't want to turn on my phone, because I'll wake up Jess. And I'm like, okay, I'll remember it. And I woke up, and I remembered it, and I'm like... This is so dumb. (laughs) Like, Midnight Sheldon thought this was hilarious. Like, so hilarious that I laughed myself awake. But now, saying it today, and I'm going to tell you it on the podcast, because it is that stupid. First of all, can I just tell you that I love that you said Midnight Sheldon? Yeah, it could have been 2 a.m. Sheldon, actually, because I got... I got home from the fireworks at like 11.30, so there was no way I was sleeping that deeply at midnight. So it was probably 2 or 3 in the morning. I am very looking forward Here to Here we this. go. All right. So the, what was happening, so what I remembered in the morning when I woke up is that there isn't a dance for three people. <laughs> I, I could think of a dance for two people, like most of the time you see two people dancing, right. and there's even some that can be done with four or more. Right. But a dance with three people doesn't happen. And I think in my dream, three people were trying to pull off a dance, and it wasn't working very well. But what was funny about it is, the, <laughs> is that somehow they had their arms around each other, and they're trying to do this dance. But the, middle, the, other, the guys on the outside, the guy or girl or whoever's on the outside, yeah. had 
the footwork down, and the guy in the middle is just like dragging his feet. And and I thought that it was so funny how the one foot is just, or the one person's feet is just drug just around not everywhere. Really doing anything. And I thought that was hilarious. Oh my and I'm like, this is the funniest thing I think I've ever. I've ever seen. Well, I mean, witness, witnessing that I feel like would be way funnier than describing because it is funny even as you're describing it. But actually seeing that in your dream, I could totally see why that would be funny. I was laughing hysterically, and I woke <laughs> up and I'm like, "There's no dance for three people," and I'm like, "See now, it that's you, not that funny." Now it wants me. It makes me want to look up. So you think you can dance? Because I guarantee there's been times where they've done a three person dance, but it's it's never people dancing at the same time. It would be like interchanging. So, like, one minute somebody's dancing with someone as their partner, and then they go to another person and back yeah. and forth. But, yeah, that's... It's, there's not a dance for three people, as far as I can tell. People. Anyway, it was I feel super like you hysterical. Should, I feel like you should adapt that into your uh, wedding sermons. <laughs> there's not a dance for three people. I think that could be very useful. A very useful metaphor. <laughs> and this is why I don't have friends that are girls. <laughs> Oh man, I I appreciate that. I I I agree with you. That's funny. That's just funny, straight up. Oh, I don't oh I don't know. I it was it was funny like several hours ago. Yeah, I I I yeah, that so, was good. That, that was, was the open that I was saving for you and didn't tell you about. <laughs> I appreciate that. I like I like getting it fresh and instantly <sighs> right now. Now that I'm done crying. <sighs> That was fun. What what we've decided to do is uh, give you our twelve rules for life, and I've come up with uh, with twelve rules that I've I've discovered in my thirty five years of life. <laughs> Nate has also discovered twelve rules. He's currently typing them in as we speak. I'm just well, I'm adding to them as I as I think of things because I am. I'm just like. But oh, basically, yeah. what happened is I told him several weeks ago. I was like, okay. Your 12 rules for life, if you had to come up with 12 rules for life, and they can be as funny or as serious as you want them to be. Yeah. And the one I told you that was on mine that you can't have yes. isn't on mine after all. Oh, anyway. really? Never oh. trust a fart. It's not, <laughs> did not make the cut. Although I think it was third or fourth grade that I learned this and totally crapped my pants in school. Because... <laughs> You never know when you're getting diarrhea. <laughs> it feels like it feels like you just have to burp. <laughs> and then after a while it's like, no, actually I have to fart. <laughs> if I can do that quietly, I can pull it off and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no. <laughs> now how do I back out of this situation slowly? <laughs> <laughs> Now, as I become an adult, there's other reasons not to trust a fart. It could be incredibly smelly. It could be incredibly noisy. It's probably just better to hold that in and come what may. But <laughs> that didn't make the cut. I, I mean, but that was the only sample that I gave you. Uh -huh, so yeah, yes, it was. I have 12 rules for life, and one of them is not... <sighs> <laughs> Never trust the fart. Oh my goodness! Especially in a conference room. <laughs> oh, it's just man. not. It's just not wise. Oh. But whew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is okay. We're just gonna dive in because I'm sure this podcast <sighs> is gonna be long enough, and we don't need a ton of intro to it. Here we go. 
Number one on the list, and this did replace never trust a fart. <laughs> when a boy asks you to smell something, it smells bad. <laughs> when a girl asks you to smell something, it smells good. Yes. Keep that as a rule. Yes. Use it. Apply it everywhere. Even if a guy in an office environment who is 50 years old <laughs> comes up to you and says, hey, smell this. <laughs> Do not, under any circumstances, smell whatever that is. <laughs> it's bad. Don't do it. If a girl comes to you and says, here, smell this, she's going to probably offer you two different smells, and both of them are going to be good. You might have to choose. Yes. But they're not going to be bad. Yes. No, that's good. That's, that's This also true. goes with touch this, taste this, smell this. Yeah. A lot of it's all the same. Yeah. But at the same time, I do it too. Do what? I do that too. Like, even though I'm aware that that's a rule, I, if I smell or taste something terrible, I will try to get somebody else right. to do it. Oh, yeah. Because guys love to share. I don't know why. Bad smells, bad tastes. Yeah. Even totally. Pictures of their own weird. Yes. Ness. <laughs> yeah. Whatever weirdness Whatever that may weirdness be. happened with your body. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I had this massive gash on my leg. Want to see it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the same. Yeah, like when I had I had surgery to have a non-cancerous tumor removed from underneath my tongue. And I told the guy, I was like, hey, is there the guy who was doing it? I was like, is there any way I can get video of, of you doing this? He's like, no. He said, but I can take pictures for you. I was like, yes. So I have pictures of my tongue cut open as they're pulling the tumor out, the tumor oh, no. by itself, and I think there's one other. No, there's one of my initial incision, them pulling the tumor out and cutting it away. And it just sitting there next to a ruler to see how big it is. And I showed that to a lot of people after I had my surgery done. Like, I've ah, seen this see picture. This? But, I, but I, did, I did preface it with, hey, this is pretty gross. Do you actually want to see this? But I encouraged them to see it, even if they initially said no. I but more often them. when you showed girls than when you showed guys. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Mostly I just pulled right. like, dude, look so, at this. Rule number one, boy smells bad, girl smells good. Okay? Yes. Rule number two. <laughs> The trash can is at least 80% full 90% of the time. Yes. Your trash can in your house is always 80% full 90% of the time. There is one out of every 10 times that you get to the trash can and you're like, oh. And that's only because it's literally just been emptied and put in the outside garbage. Right. Otherwise, it is 80% full. I don't. Get it. There's it, no 30. There's no yeah. 40. No one's ever seen totally. the trash can half full. Right. It's, because because I, I feel like once it's to the, around the half full, you think of it as full enough to throw it out. But, like, if there's just, like, a couple of tissues in the trash or maybe a receipt or two, you're like, eh, that's, there's nothing in that. Yeah. But I will even say that's probably a higher probability in my house because my wife, Lord Lover, she is an extremely intelligent person. She packs very well. Like, if we're going on a trip, she can kind of see. She's very organized. Spatial reasoning does not apply to her when it comes to a trash can. <laughs> it all goes out the window. When, when we were in our upstairs bedroom, now we've, we've moved downstairs. The kids are upstairs. She would throw things away on my side of the bed, in our little bedside trash can. did this on our pet yes. one. And she would throw away, like, ten hangers or... 
a, a box that something shipped in, and it clearly does not fit in the trash can, and it completely eliminated. But then my your trash can is two hundred percent. It's two hundred percent full, right? Right. So it's it's a higher percentage in my house. She's gotten better at this. But I think it's because we only have one trash can in our house now. She never threw those things away in her trash can on her side of the bed. Only mine. That was the pet beef part. But yeah, so it's even more so for her having her in the house. That was rule number two. These are in no particular order, by <laughs> the way. I've deleted out ones in the middle and replaced them and whatever. Anyway, rule number three. The best thing to buy is your 401k. Buy it first. And just be done. The best thing to buy is your 401k. And the reason I say that, it's the one thing that's going to go up in value. It's one thing you're going to be most grateful for later in life. And it's the one thing that when you're 20 and 20, well, 21, when you're 21 through like 28, you're like, no one ever needs this. I don't need this. It's taking money away from me. The best thing to buy is your 401k. People will tell you it's land. People will tell you it's a car. People will tell you it's a tool for your job. Yeah. People will tell you a lot of things. I have found at age 35, only doing this 14 years, I can see the trajectory and I can see where it's going. Trust me, yes. if you're a young man or a young woman and you're, it's available to you, the best thing yeah. to buy is your 401k. Yeah, I think land investment only really makes sense once you're coming closer to retirement. I think that's when land investment oh, makes the most sense. When you got money over and above to invest, do that however you that's, please. That's like you the, can do whatever property you want. Owner, property ownership is like the gold of. But here's here's why I say that. Yes, is most companies that offer a four hundred one k also offer a match. Yeah. And no matter how much I've ever heard the whiniest complainer that invests in four hundred one ks, the whiniest guy still never lost as much as he put in. Yeah. He may have lost, like, whatever the company matched. Yeah. But you're playing with house money. Right. Like, and usually they'll match. It's literally them paying you more to do your job. Right. Yeah. You get to take more from your job, and they're putting in an investment account. So say they say at, like, they'll let you, they'll match half up to 5% or something yeah. like that. So that means you put in 5%, they put in 25 Yeah, totally. So that's free money. Why are you not taking it? Totally. And and do it do it young. Invest do young. Do it young. That's my Absolutely. only regret with investing is that I did not start doing it when I was young. I've always been a saver, yep. but I was typically a saver to spend. Yep. So I would save a lot. I would buy a big thing, still have a chunk of money saved left over. And that was kind of how I operated. I bought it when I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I just saw I was getting more money out of the company, and I'm like, sign me up. Yes. But then Jess didn't know what that item was on the paycheck, and she thought it was like a tax or something. Yeah. Because if she would have known that I was investing while we were scraping together pennies to get baby formula, she would have been like not having it. Yeah, but totally. now we are thankful that I started that, <laughs> that little you, seed that back you, then. That you kind of deceived your wife, only in a little bit of way. Well, I didn't know that she wanted it out. <laughs> and she never told me about it. And I'm like, she's seeing these checks every week. I don't know. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, but it's it still. making it a, a ton of money. Yeah, but it mattered. Anyway, it didn't did matter. matter. The best thing to buy is your 401k. Just do it. And, dude, Dave Ramsey made me a lot of money. Yeah. Remember, growth, stock, mutual, fund. You're done. There yeah. you go. Just do that. 
That's if good. If it says growth stock mutual fund, just get a couple of those and you'll be fine. And you'll be good. All right. Number four is, is like these have gotten progressively more serious. Number four is pray as soon as you think about it. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, this is a rule for life that a lot of people don't think is spiritual enough. And that's where I want to let everybody off the hook. Just pray as soon as you think about it. So the goal is to pray right away. Everybody's going to be like, well, you should have prayed first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have had I thought, thought about, about that. Yeah. But as soon as you think about it, as soon as your conscience is awakened to like, hey, I should pray about what to do here. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Right then. That's good. But. You know, don't feel bad if yeah. you've got... Don't waste, we, don't waste the rest of the time complaining about the fact that you didn't pray first. I didn't pray about this soon enough or whatever. Don't worry about all that. Just as soon as you think about it, pray about it yeah. and take care of it. But yeah, that's been good in our marriage. It's been good in a lot of relationships and whatever. And, and just throughout life, this has been a rule that I've like... It kind of lets you off the hook, but it also has you doing the right thing. Totally. No, that's really good. Yeah. I like that. Rule number four, pray as soon as you think about it. Rule number five is nobody is that great. Yeah. And this is something I had to realize, like, when I was a little kid and growing on up. Like, I remember being infatuated with the Phillies' macho row of Darren Dalton, Lenny Dykstra, John Cruck. Like, all of those guys, they were, like, massive in my... 10 year old brain. Like I, I loved it. And then you watch their lives and how that whole team went and where they all ended up. I think Kruk is still doing okay, (laughs) but it's like you start to find out that everybody has their stuff. Everybody's got a background. Everybody's got a story. And some people came from humble circumstances. Some people are headed to humble circumstances. Yes. And no matter how great you think somebody is, uh, even at 16 and she's 16 and you just think like nothing she could possibly do is wrong. Right. Nobody is that great. No, we are all human and your superstars that you look up to aren't going to know what to say to you when you meet them and you're going to have unmet expectations. Yeah. Like if you're like, Oh, if I could only meet Justin Bieber someday or something, he's not going to know what to say to you to like help you with anything or that's a terrible If I ever talked to Justin Bieber, my first thing would be like, dude, you need to reassess your life and the people that are around you and make music that you love and not the music that you're being told will sell. Oh, musically, but because he's, he's one of those people that I actually think is a genuine talent who's been ruined by the people who got their hands on him first. I think he's a, I think he's a genuinely talented individual and it makes me sad. Sorry, Kayla, I didn't mean to inadvertently throw Justin Bieber into this. <laughs> My apologies. But, but nobody, nobody really is that great. And I think the people that are much greater than they seem go unnoticed a lot of the time. Yeah. Like somebody living a quiet, wise, uh, careful, or incredible life may go totally unnoticed because... They're not looking for fame and popularity and and all, like, they're not looking for people to like them. So, yeah. Yeah. Nobody is that great. And that goes for your politicians, too. Yes. I had to come to that realization again (laughs) with Justin Amash. Yes. 
And uh, he is great. He is a wonderful man. He's very principled and all that. Sometimes he gets distracted by a shiny object, yes, just like the rest just of Just like us. all of us do. I'll leave that where it is. Yes. But I love, <laughs> I love, don't, don't mistake me. I love Justin Amash and I love Kaepernick. So anyway, we've covered both of those. <laughs> But nobody is that great. I do want to do a little progression on that, even if it's off the air, just talking a little bit about some recent things there. Oh, with Kaepernick? Yeah. But we so, don't have to do it uh, now. No, I, I said it on Twitter, and, I, and I, I'm willing to own up to it. I think that he took the bait with the Betsy Ross thing. Yeah. And the reason I say that, I think he's, Kaepernick's a good guy. He's always been, he's always been up front with what he believes and yeah. why. And so for me, it's a principled stand. I get, I get where you're coming from, okay? Yeah. And I understand his progression of how he got there. So I, because I was paying attention early on in his story, I get how he got here. I feel like he took the bait with the Betsy Ross flag because somebody told him or he saw somewhere that white supremacists were using it. What he doesn't understand is what a white supremacist is online. Or is maybe in general. Yeah, we don't. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I haven't studied them. Yeah. But uh, what they are online is running around grabbing random objects, trying to make people, trying to gin up attention yeah. and worry and fear. And it was because people were like, oh, that's a white supremacist symbol. And they're like, uh, okay, like the okay everything's symbol. a, a like white supremacist. Like the okay symbol. Yeah. Like, that is not a thing. The okay sign. And then it was... Milk. Remember that? They like tried to make right. milk a thing. Right. And then it was a certain number. There were certain numbers that they would use. Yeah. But so it's that, all been media just diving on things. And then, and, then, and, and then there was a whole media guide that was put out of what uh, all these things are white supremacists. I'm like, dude, you guys have fallen for it hook, line, and sinker. They're literally just grabbing random things so that and, – and that was why I say if – that Kaepernick took the bait because if you follow that to this logical conclusion, internet trolls will be going yeah. around grabbing random objects just to make you offended and afraid. And you've now empowered them to do that by taking the bait and making them way more public than they ever would have been. Nobody would have ever known that some internet troll tried to co-op the Betsy Ross flag. Yeah. If you didn't, if Nike and Colin Kaepernick didn't say anything about it. Okay. I was, I was gonna, just curious. No, that, that was actually my take. I was, I was going to find the tweet because I was actually proud of it. And then, uh, where'd it go? It was in a reply to, yeah. I love Cap, but I feel like he's taking the bait on this one, though. If you allow white supremacists to appropriate everything, you'll constantly be offended by random objects, symbols, and gestures. He's given them way more power than they ever had. Yeah, totally. That was my, that's my actual take. So whatever okay. I rambled there. Um, <laughs> jumping back to the 12 rules. This is one of my favorites. Fast, good, and cheap. <laughs> yes. You can pick any two of the three, <laughs> but you cannot have all three. It's going to be fast, good, and cheap. Two out of the three. That's it. Yeah. This applies to food. This applies to uh, work that needs done. Yeah. This applies to going out and paying for anything. Yeah. When you're exchanging money. Yeah. You can have it fast, good, and cheap, 
You get to pick two. Yeah. And I and I had never. I'm sure I've heard this rule in passing, but Sheldon recently, uh, recently threw it at me because we just recently had our our uh, our attic renovated, and like I said, our kids are up there now. So the guy that we had did a phenomenal job. He was unbelievably cheap. It took him forever. <laughs> and, and it took him forever because he wasn't here. He came for a day and a half one week. Yeah. And I think what happened, well, I know I won't even say that. You but chose anyway, good and cheap. Yeah. And, and he had other jobs that he was committed to, and that's what he was focusing on as well. And so I was like, well, yeah, I'm getting good work done, and it's very cheap. So I guess I can't complain that it took, it took him like two weeks of work over like nine weeks. <laughs> yeah. And he told us it would be two weeks or three weeks. And it was when he was working. But I'm, I'm he's once, one of those guys where I would recommend him to anybody uh, based on my experience with him. Yeah. But if I'd they be like, like, just be prepared. It, it might be slow. If they like good and cheap. Yeah. And they don't care about fast. Yeah. Fast is... Fast is usually <laughs> fast is almost always a bad thing to make the priority. Um, I had a a almost. car a car mechanic that was cheap and fast. The experience wasn't that great though. Like there was always cigarette smell in the car, mm. and I was like, "Yeah, he got it fixed, and it saved me a bunch of money and from doing it the right way." But I would look at it and I'd be like, "That's probably gonna hold together." Yes. And I don't care about it on this car, but if I had a car that I cared about, you won't be doing that to this car. That's, that's his, I mean, yeah. So he was, he was fast and cheap, but it, I don't know that the quality was all there. Yeah. But people don't get that. Yeah. People don't get that at all. I mean, I work for a tractor company. We build good tractors and, and you can get them pretty quickly or whatever, but they're not extremely cheap. Like there's there's a trade off. Like yeah. you there you gotta know what you're willing to live with. Right. So, yeah. No, that's good. Same thing goes with food. If it's fast and cheap, <laughs> it's Taco Bell. It's Taco Bell, and you can't be disappointed when it's not any good. Who's ever been disappointed with Taco Bell? What human has ever been disappointed well, with Taco Bell? I think the bar is Bell? pretty low when you're going into Taco you're, I Bell. I guess that's true. Your expectation is, is you're kind of... You're not expecting five-course Yeah, gourmet. it's kind of in the toilet, so... Like, you're expecting to eat it in your car. True. <laughs> I've been disappointed by going and having to sit down in Taco Bell. Yeah. The experience lacks... Of course, I will, ta- <laughs> I will say that the one that we have, not on the north end, but the one that's on um, by Pizza Hut here in town is one of the best Taco Bells I've ever been to, yeah. especially at night. The night shift crew there is amazing. For one thing, they're, they're actually pleasant Yeah. every single time. And it's the kind of thing where I go through the drive-thru, I'm like, why are you doing this? You, you, are, you have skills beyond <laughs> this, and here you are. But maybe they're doing that to get to a better thing. And the caveat to fast, good, and cheap <laughs> is if you do find the magic trifecta where you get fast, good, and cheap, yeah. that is not going to last long. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's on its way out. Yes. It's either going to get more expensive soon as soon as that person finds out what they're worth. Yes. Or, yeah. You get a photographer that's fast, good, and cheap, somebody's price is about to go yes. up. Or they're not going to be doing it long. Yeah. All right. Number seven. Okay. This is my dad's favorite. Commitment is greater than skill. Like, with the greater than sign. Commitment okay. over skill. Yeah. Almost every time. And 
my my dad was talking about this in connection with doing electrical work. Yeah. He's like, if you want the job done and you need to get it done quickly and and actually accomplish what you're doing, ask the laziest guy to do it. <laughs> He's going to be totally committed to getting that thing done because he doesn't want to spend any longer <laughs> working than he has to. <laughs> he might not be your most skilled guy, the guy that you would look at and say, this is my most skilled worker. No, he's actually my laziest guy, but he's super committed to getting this done. There's a reason that drones are drones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he'll finish it, and it'll be, they'll, he'll come up with a plan and get oh it done. Oh, my goodness. I've also found that commitment beats skill in the long run in most jobs, and by that I mean you can learn the skill if you're committed. Yeah. The skill can be learned. Whatever it is that you've chosen to pursue with enough practice and enough time, you know, a guy that's five foot nine and white can play wide receiver in the NFL if he commits to the practice schedule, the regimen, all that stuff, yeah. and he's fearless catching the ball over the middle and all that stuff. Look at Wes Welker and some of these guys. I mean, yeah. you do have to be fast. You do have to have good hands. But a lot of times, you can you can learn the skills necessary. Just having born skills with no commitment doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. It's the commitment that people are looking for. Yeah. Uh, as a pastor of a church, if I'm looking to turn something over to somebody, I'm looking for somebody that's committed. Like, if you've got all the skill in the world... I'm still not turning something over to right. you unless I know you're you're yeah. going to be into it for the long haul. Right. Same thing in a company. I'm not going to entrust a department to you if I think you're just using this as a stepping, as a stepping stone, stone yeah. out of the company. Yep. Why would I do that? Makes no sense. You may be the most skilled, but commitment trumps skill in yeah. the long run. Yeah. You can you can get your foot in the door with certain skills. That's not a problem. But Commitment is what's going to give you the best results. Yeah. That's so. good. I like that. There you go. That does sound like your dad. Commitment is greater than skill. <laughs> that that, and my dad is probably the embodiment of that. <laughs> he is super loyal, super committed, super persistent, and he will learn what needs to be done in order to get the job done. Like, well, and, and, and he is skilled. Case, well, case in point but, is the fact that he's one of our, one of our sound techs at, yeah. at church, and he's one of the best ones. He was never taught yeah. how to run sound. And, and there he is just, an aspect of it where you have to have some natural ability. Like you have to be able to hear a little bit of musicality to be able to do that. Yeah, but, but he's he one of he's gets one annoyed of our by so many yeah. different things in the sound system that if something's bothering him, he will work until he gets it out. Yes. And that, and that is, but he is, he's one of our best. And I think that's why. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. I like he was that. never formally trained for most things that yeah. he's done in his life. Just piloting. And, and neither have I been like my education list is really short. So maybe that's why this is on my list. Uh. But I, I'm of that same bloodline where yeah. it's like, I'm just committed. These are my people. This is where I go. This is my place. I'm committed to this place and seeing it through. And it's worked out well. Commitment yeah. over skill. That's and I good. think that's one of the things that millennials get a bad rap in. And I think that it would, it would actually help a lot of millennials if they started value, valuing their commitment to something as much as they value 
getting the skills necessary to do the job. Yeah. Or you should pay me for your skills. No, I'm not paying you for your skills. I'm paying for them as they're applied right. over time. I'm paying which for is your commitment. work. I'm paying for your work over time. Yes. yes. You have to have both, but I would value commitment slightly ahead of skill. Number eight is a pet peeve of mine, but it is a rule. <laughs> Don't leverage relationship. Mm. Build it. Yeah. Relationship is not a fulcrum. Yeah. Don't use it for something else. Build the relationship for itself. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And this is for you, multi-level marketing people. <laughs> Pay attention because I'm telling everybody, MLM. use this as a rule. MLMs are part of my list. <laughs> yes. Good. Oh, man. We'll hit them twice. Yes, we will. But my main pet peeve with multi-level marketing and some other business ventures that people get into yeah. is you are leveraging relationship for something else. You have an ulterior motive. Yeah. And so when you come to me and you're saying, oh, you know me, and then also this and introducing it as like, hey, we're friends. And then you're using it yeah. to make money. You have now told me exactly how much this relationship right. is worth. Right. Thanks right. for letting me know. Yeah. And it's not always even monetary. I mean, sometimes, you know, I've, I've had that thing with people where, you know, there are people that, like you love them and maybe they've been in your life for a long time. But, you know, when you get that call, it's because they need something. Yeah. It's because their life has fallen apart or because they want something from you. And I don't and it's not always monetary. It's, yeah, it's it just could not, be a position yeah, or, it, or promotion yeah. or and I remember there was there an was, endorsement of some kind. Yeah, there or, was somebody I, I was talking to my, my brother about there was there's a well my brother and sister is it's a mutual person that we've all known and and we were just talking about this random person. I was like, Oh, they, you know, have you heard from them recently? And I was like, No, I haven't heard from them in a while. I was like, actually I heard from them once and they said they wanted to get together and then they never called me back, so I just assume whatever they wanted from me they found from somewhere else. Like and I'm not being cynical in saying that. Right. It's just experience over time has told me that's kind of how this person rolls. And I still love him to death. Like, I'd still do anything for him in a heartbeat. But yeah, them, again, not him. I wasn't specifying anybody, just so everybody knows. Um, I would do anything for them in a heartbeat. But it's just one of those things. You just, you do. You, you understand that there's a price tag on the relationship. Yeah. And that's sad. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. Don't leverage relationships. It's not fun. Number nine, all the good stuff is like 500 bucks. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this oh. is not original with me. <laughs> if you do a careful search through the archives of The Onion, this would probably oh. be like 2007, I want to say. 2000. <laughs> yeah, 2007 is probably about where this came from on The Onion. Like when The Onion was in its infancy, I used to read it all the time. Oh. They did an article called All the Good Stuff is Like $300. Or all the good stuff is like 200 bucks. Because I think that's what an iPod yeah. was going for. It was like yeah. 200 bucks at the time. And over time, I've adapted it. The dollar value has gone up. But I think we've settled, me and Jess have settled on in the house, all the good stuff is like $500. Yeah. So naturally, when she went to buy an iPad, she assumed she had to save $500. Right. So we found one on sale for three twenty-five. She was <laughs> shocked and surprised of South Orville and went and bought the iPad. It was like, woohoo. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So all the good stuff is like five hundred dollars. 
It, and the way they said it was like, well, some things can be had for $50 and some even for 100 All the good stuff is still like $500. <laughs> I it's, found that to be true, true with headphones. I it's found true. that to be true with TVs. I found it to be true with you can have things for twenty bucks and fifty bucks and a hundred dollars, but all the good stuff is like five hundred bucks. There you go. Number ten, rules for life. Children are why we can't have nice things. <laughs> <sighs> this came to me a couple years ago when we're standing in our house and I'm looking at different things and I'm just like, why is it that we just can't have like one thing that is nice? Like one, one thing. And it's, it's the children. Now the children are getting to the age where maybe eventually we'll have nice things, but I'm starting to figure out that raising children of this age is more expensive. And I assume that it's only going to get more expensive because Shortly, they're going to need cars and proms and colleges and weddings. It, ugh. <laughs> no, not till they're like 30. But yeah, I'm, I'm getting the feeling this is getting more and more expensive. So I'm not going to have nice things until I don't have children around anymore. I'm pretty sure. So we're structuring our lives in that when the children leave, hopefully by then, we can have some nice things yes. that are just for us. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. we'll put them in rooms where the grandchildren, if there are any, won't go. There will be. Oh, I can't even. I, I won't let my mind go there. It gets stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. I have liked every stage of raising kids. I will say that. The people that tell you, wait till they're seven. It's terrible. Wait till they're two. Yeah. Wait till they're 12. No, shut up. Yeah. It's great. Raising kids is great. You're just a crappy parent. No, I'm sorry. I didn't say that. <laughs> it's getting real in Ooh, here. Sorry. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. It's not your fault. You're, uh, you did the best you could with what you had to work with. Some kids. Most times. Some kids. But my kids have been great. I've enjoyed every stage. I've been adding, adding to and modifying I, I my don't, list. I, don't, I also hear. don't like rushing stages with kids, yeah. especially in my brain. Like, I don't, I don't want to rush what it's going to look like in their teenage years, even now, because if I imagine Ryland playing football, then I'm going to force him to try and play football at this age. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want to be that guy, you know? Turn out however you're going to turn out. We'll, we'll get that stage when we get that stage. Let's enjoy this one. Yeah. So... Sorry, yeah. Children are why we can't have nice things. That was number 10. Number 11, is, and this is going faster, so... That's eh, okay, because I've, okay. I've got my 12 all here now. <laughs> They're still going to be separate all, podcasts. So they will it, be. This Either is way. an entertaining one. Yeah, it's all good. It'll be out there. It's all good. Yeah. Number 11, the best thing is usually the hardest thing to do. Yes. And I say usually. The best thing is usually the hardest thing to do. And even I found this to be true, even if it seems like the easy choice at the time, when you actually do it ends up being kind of difficult. Yeah. Um, for instance, even asking Jess to marry me, I knew in my brain it was the most logical choice. Like, hey, I know like preponderance of evidence has proved that this is a good choice. And I know in my body, soul, and spirit, this is where I need yeah. to go. And yet the morning of my wedding... There was this thing where I'm like, 
what if I have made a colossal <laughs> mistake? <laughs> and I went out for a run and I never run and I just ran and ran and ran until that thought was no longer in my head because I'm just like, what, what am I doing? But the best thing is usually the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And when you're faced with two choices, there's usually one that you want so badly to be the one that you can do. Yeah. And then there's this other one where it's like, ah, oh, please don't let it be that one. <laughs> and you know which one's the right one. Yeah. It's not the one that makes you the most comfortable right. in the moment. It's not usually the one that makes you the most happy or gets you immediately what you want. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing is usually the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. When somebody tells you no. Yes. It shows your character by how you respond. And the best thing to do is the hardest to do, which is to say, okay. Yeah. Sounds fine. That's I'll come good. up with another, another plan. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. Last one. All right. And this one may have a rant included. Number 12. When guys are swapping stories, the first person to go to my buddy loses. Yeah. When you're swapping stories, guys, guys have a mode of swapping stories. It'll start out with, hey, last week I was da 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 which for guys, uh, the other day, if, if a guy says the other day, any time between now and a year and a half ago is the other day. <laughs> That's true. If a woman says the other day, they mean within the last like calendar week. Yeah. Maybe, maybe three week days or so. Half. Yeah. But when they say the other day, yeah. like it's no longer than two weeks. I tend, to, I tend to correct myself when I do that, though. I used to just say, hey, the other day. But then I'll be like, the other day, nah, it was probably like six months ago. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I've caught myself doing that, and I've started trying to correct it. But if guys are just sitting around and telling stories yep. or whatever, you'll, they'll say something. And the other day I was blah, 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 off doing something. Then somebody else will come along with the story in the same vein. Like, say your first story included a campfire. They'll be like, yeah, we had this campfire one time <laughs> up at the cabin, blah, blah, blah. He may have gone back two years to grab that story, and it's probably pretty solid. Yeah. And we're all like, well, that was pretty good. But the rule is that your story has to not only relate to the other guys, but it's got to be better in some way. There's got to be <laughs> you gotta a one mark it. of right. it that's, that's a right. little better. Right. And there's always the guy, and sometimes I've been that guy. I feel this in the deepest part of me, and I, I despise myself when I do it, and I think <laughs> less of myself immediately when the words come out of my mouth. But there's always this guy in the group of guys who doesn't have his own story that relates. Yep. But he has a buddy who did something that was better than your story. Yeah. And he will pull it out, and he'll put it into this, story mixture and it's not okay i'm sorry you lost that is the story line ended with you hot potato you're done you got stuck with the hot potato you went to my buddy first you lost tell your own story and this is a, this is a rant my wife has been on recently because like both of us feel like we've been guilty of that whenever you start telling other people's stories, yeah, it gets bad. It's either a little bit gossipy, yeah, 
or you put words in someone else's mouth that they didn't actually say. Yeah. Or, and they'll be like, did he really say that? And you're like, I think so. I mean, that's how I heard it. And that's how stories get started. Tell your own story. Live your life in such a way that you are making enough stories that you can get into yeah. this mix or stay out. Yeah. Don't lose. Just experience the story right. flow for where it's going to go. Right. You might learn new stories <laughs> or pick a different part to dovetail off of. You might have a buddy who was in Iraq. If you haven't ever set foot in Iraq, I don't know that I want to hear it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. He may have wrestled a snake. Great. <laughs> Shot I one don't of those giant care. spiders. <laughs> no, totally. Shot one of those giant spiders. I think the now, only... Now, if you go to my buddy and it's really good and you were a part of it... If you it, were there to witness it. There's, yeah, two, but, there's two ways where it's okay, in my opinion. Yeah. There's two ways where it's okay. One is if you witnessed it, if you were there in the room when it happened. Right. That one's... Because that's, that's your story. You were there. Or two, if everybody in the group knows the guy. So if okay. you if you reference like, hey, you remember so and so? Well, there was but this one time. But that's calling him by name. That's not saying but, my buddy. But it, well, but again, it's. Or I knew this dude. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But I've had times where I've started a, a my buddy story, and they're like, well, actually, everybody here knows him, and I and I'll mention who it is then, and then we'll move on. Um, but I I feel like under those that's two circumstances. But I still don't think you get to trump the guy's story before you. That's with that's that. fair. That's fair. Like, I think the storyline ends with that. Yeah. Because we've played it out. Nobody else, unless somebody brings it back in with a story of their own, yeah. then, it, then we get off in my buddy's stories and it's lost. Yeah. Yeah. Also, guys can tell an entire story with sound effects. I have a completely random thing that I want to okay. mention right now. All right. And I, I want to see if you, this is ever But those are my 12 rules. So. And they're, and they're there great. I, was, I enjoyed that greatly. <laughs> um. So we're talking about telling stories, which got me to thinking about just talking in general. And you and yeah. I do a lot of talking, <clears throat> not just on this podcast, but we, we speak at different things. We have to interact, have meetings, different things with people. Right. Like we talk all the time. Have you ever had this happen? Because every once in a while, it happens to me like once a year, if that, maybe once every couple of years, where I will start saying something <clears throat> and it's going to be a, a significant thing. Like I'm needing to tell somebody, explain a, a, a method or, um, or procedure that we're, that we're doing for something, or I'm explaining like something biblically or philosophically that is, or politically, that is a significant point. This has only happened when I'm trying to say something significant, where all of a sudden you just start doing this random word salad and you know you're not communicating anymore. Like you have stopped actually telling the person anything useful and you are desperately trying to get back into the street. Like you're, it's, I don't know if it's that your thought has gone further than your, your are the, verbal. Are the words still related with what you're talking about or it's just yeah, but random start, gibberish? You start to have the sense where you can feel the people in the room starting to go, like they, they don't know what you're saying anymore. You're losing me, man. And you know it, and you can hear the things coming out of your mouth, and you hear it happening. It's like, it's like, it's like tripping and you trying have to get an your, out of body. Yeah, experience. it's like tripping and trying to get your feet back under you, but your your upper body's ahead of you. That's what it feels like. I've I've only had this you're happen. falling forward, and you yeah, you, you can just can't stop feel yourself. Feel it happening, and it's just gonna happen. And you just gotta kind of, 
eventually you hit a point where you're like, I know I'm not making any sense. I'm just going to let it go. And then you just stop and let something else happen and then move on. But I had it happen the other day. I had it happen uh, once in a small group that we were in. We were talking about a really significant biblical issue. And the whole room, I, I, I'm starting to talk about this thing. And I'm seeing the room start to just go like wide-eyed and just, they're looking past me. <laughs> the whole room, they including feel, my wife. They feel sorry for you And finally, And finally, it's, and you're trying to save it. And they know you're trying to save it. But it's like watching a puppy drown. Like it's just not, it's just not happening. And, uh, and then I just had one of these with my dad and Kathy. I was explaining a schedule that we've set up and that Kathy and I, I had it written out. We had talked through it multiple times and I'm trying to explain it to my dad because he just kind of randomly came in and sat in this meeting and all of my verbal skills failed me and I just turned into this random jumble of things and I could see it happening with him and I could see Kathy who we had just talked about this thing in depth before going, what, what, are, what are you doing? Like I could see it on her face. And it was awful. And I ended up having to explain it again to him the next day. And I did it very well the next day. But I do, does that ever happen to you? Um, not in the same way. But I will, for me, it's like the train of thought. I'll have a train and it's going along good. Yeah. Everything's going. And then it's like, you know those suspension bridges? Yeah. Imagine it wasn't there. <laughs> And you were already on it. You're already gone. And then it's just not there. And it's just like, it just leaves. <laughs> and you're standing there and you're just like, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I honestly don't know where I came from or where I was going. I'm, you're like that cartoon character when he leaves the ledge and he stands there for a half second like, where am I? <laughs> That's the feeling. Yeah. I, I will get that. And like you said, it's probably about once every six months or something. You'll be going along and we'll be doing a podcast like this. And all of a sudden it's like, the heck was I? Yeah. It's literally <laughs> like a glitch in your brain. <laughs> like, and you're aware of it, but you can't gone. do anything about it. You it, cannot do anything about it. It's like. I rely on brain for a lot of things. And sometimes brain comes back and he has these good tidbits of information and he's ready. He's prepared. And sometimes you call on him and he's just like, huh, what? Well, and, and I'm like, your brain, you need to like, when, it, when it happens to me, what I was describing, it's like that scene in the office where Michael starts to explain to Dave Wallace why he's successful, what his rule is of why he's successful. And he's just, he's not saying anything. And he's just saying more words. And then they go to a cut of Michael and it's like, sometimes I just start See, saying things and I don't actually know where it's going to go. And I just keep saying things until I find no, it. That's See, it you actually like. have words. I think we're getting the same thing, but you still have words. Yes. My brain would be like Fruit Loops, Granola Bar, yeah. Teddy Bear. Like, yeah. <laughs> just be like. Yeah. I, and it's know, like, I think, I think for, it's man. a little happened there. My brain has gone to static, but my, 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 my mouth hasn't stopped yet. <laughs> I think that's what's happened in those moments. Yeah. But there's still like this vague, this vague, like in the corner of my eye, like I know I'm supposed to be talking <laughs> about this thing. And so <laughs> uh, anyway, too funny. that was free. But, but, but okay. The other free thing is if you ever do any public speaking, know this, don't, don't follow dumb people's advice about picture everybody in their underwear and all that garbage. It doesn't help. People want you to do well. Yeah. They want to say that they were part of a good experience. Yeah. I have to think about that when I'm doing a training. It's like, okay, I do training for my work. These people didn't 
fly in or drive in and want to go back home and be like, yeah, I was a part of this thing and it sucked. <laughs> God, it was terrible. <laughs> like I had an awful time, you know, they don't want to do that. They want to be like, yeah, I learned a lot. This was really great. You yeah. know, I, I went there, I got out of it what I needed. Like they want you to do well. Yeah. Like your success is their success. Like the crowd is rooting for you. And if it's teenagers, it's even more so. Yeah. Because they want to be a part of something cool. They probably gave up something else less cool to be where they thought was more cool. If it's not more <laughs> cool, then they're going to feel bad. And they're actually rooting for you to be the coolest guy in the room so they can yeah. be a part of it. Totally. So like they want you to do well. That's not pressure. Think of it as like everybody's rooting you on. Yeah. Now, there's some people minorly wishing you would fail. Yeah. But they're jealous. There's always. There's always. They're jealous. So, yeah, those are the 12 rules. Uh, the trash can is at least 80% full 90% of the time. Boy smells bad. Girl smells good. Buy your 401k. Pray as soon as you think about it. Nobody is that great. You get two out of the three of fast, good, and cheap. <laughs> Commitment trumps skill. Don't leverage relationships. All the good stuff is like $500. <laughs> Children are why we can't have nice things. The best thing is usually the hardest thing to do. And whoever goes to my buddy first <laughs> loses. <laughs> there you go. That's good. I like it. I think mine is more like tips for being a young man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been our experience. That's is... the only life I've lived. Yeah. Yeah. That's you have your own 12 rules. Yeah. And yeah. We'll get to them. Yes. And if only 50% of our rules land with somebody else and work for somebody else. Sure. We're good. Yeah. We're good. These are my rules. They've yeah. worked for me. They've worked for me. Or, or I've done the opposite of them and have found that this is yeah. a better rule to go with. Like going to my buddy. Yeah. I think, I think in probably certain groups of friends, I am the my buddy guy. And yeah. I, I feel like I'm never going to see those people again. Yeah. I just won't well, show and, up. And we've had a lot of experiences, <laughs> but we haven't had a lot of experiences. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, growing up in the church and being Christians pretty much all of our lives, most of the most of the, the stories that you do those my buddies on are the stories of the things that you actually are kind of ashamed of, but that make really funny stories. Right. And we just don't have as many as some. That's true. We have some, but we just don't have as many because Jesus rescued us first. <laughs> <laughs> My testimony is that it's that my my uh, my sin list wasn't as huge and long <laughs> like uh, a Christmas wish list, Ugh. you know. It yes. was bad enough. I you know I, I am still the greatest sinner in most rooms that I walk into. Yeah. I'm not I'm not not gonna question that. I right. still am today. Right. Like, but you know, it's just like people are like I used to, people would tell these awesome testimonies of zero to hero and all this stuff, and I'm like why is mine not as cool as theirs? Yeah. And then I'm like, it is kind of cool because God saved me from a lot of stuff that yeah. didn't have to walk all the way backwards to find right. out right. where I should be all along, you know? Right. So anyway, that was for free. Yes, yes, yes. All, all right. right. So we calling a wrap on this one? That's it. All right. That was for Sheldon's 12 rules and my brain glitch, <laughs> <laughs> which is not in my 12 rules, but there it is. All right. You can... Uh, Rate us on iTunes this week. If yes. you haven't done it. Yes. Do it. Yes, yes. The only acceptable rating is five stars. Because <laughs> that's what we think of ourselves this week. That's right. All right. There you go. All right. We'll see you guys.
Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.